0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michaels Flooring. The Flooring Experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com.
3: And here we are in Overnight America. Our friend Shane Hewitt. We hook up with Canada in about 25 minutes from now, right after the weather at 1230. And got to say, that's always one of my favorite segments of the week when we get to talk about the things between our two countries, what he's battling, what we're battling, and mostly he's interested in the things that are the United States. I'm interested, honestly, how these stories like GameStop or the American stock market affects Canadians. I mean, how much are Canadian investments wrapped up in the American market? So I'm going to guess like all of it. I, I don't know if the Canadians, I don't think they have their own stock market. Well, maybe they do, and I'll be surprised at how they invest Maybe that's more diverse overseas. Who knows? But he'll answer those questions coming up. These are terrible headlines. I just let me give you a couple of the headlines that we're dealing with. Like you heard with Maria at the top of the hour news there, where we're still trying to uh, uh, find out who in the world shot and killed the security guard over at Metrolink. I mean, cold-blooded murder. Who did it? And we have a description you can find in here with uh, Maria at KMOX.com. But here's some other headlines we're dealing with. Man shot multiple times while driving on 70. Carjacker throws one year old boy from car in St. Louis early Sunday morning. These are the type of crime stories we're, we're uh, watching. And it would be nice for us, and it's sad if this is how optimistic we can get. It would be nice if we could say, wow, what a rare weekend in St. Louis. You never see all of this. And it's not a rare weekend. It's just a weekend and it's bad. And we're just about ready to flip things over. Oh, it's February 1st. That's right. We're finally now at February 1st. Well, hello, you made it to February. If I were to go over to the police department's homicide count, let's see if they've updated it. So as of January 31st, 18 18 homicides for 2021. 18 homicides. Um, I got to say, I don't know if that number is what we thought it would be. It's still not great. I will have to talk about this later because now that it is officially February, it gives me an opportunity to play Kevin Killeen's classic whole nother story. If we were to put together an all-star lineup of the Kevin Colleen whole nother stories, easily this would make the top five. It would be in that starting lineup. I don't know if it'd be the number one commentary. This may be the commentary he's most known for. And it may be my first introduction to Kevin Colleen. When I was doing a little bit of research for KMOX before I moved here to St. Louis, when you go to YouTube and you type in KMOX, this is one of the first things that come up. And I got to say, if you haven't heard this one, this is from five years ago. Kevin Colleen, his commentary on February.
1: February is the worst month of the year, but it's an honest month. It's a month that doesn't hold up life any better than it really is. I mean, look around here. These buildings, they, they look like they don't even have any lights in them during a work day. And uh, something great happened here, but it's over with. And that's the way February is. You can see it in the way people walk and how they look. Let's let's go just check out February. This, this says it all. This has a spring-like or floral pattern on it. But somebody on this February day has abandoned it with its broken shaft like... Desperate flinging off of something that's not true anymore. The expedition is getting desperate. People are throwing things aside. Look around downtown on a February workday. This looks like a place where people who are being punished are sent. If you notice the way people cross the street in February, it's different than in the summer. Nobody is tap dancing or breaking into a Rogers and Hammerstein song. It's their lunch hour and they're just barely able to get across the street and hunker over a bowl of chili carbohydrates are big this time of year also lotions because everybody is itchy and tired and irritable even the land is tired in february most of the birds who can afford it have gone to florida and the the trees that once cheered us they're hard to look at this month it's as if there is some awful truth out there in the trees it's hiding in the branches look at them something that's been bothering you for a long time is out there. What is it? You can almost see the shape of it when all the color is gone, but life is stripped down to the starkness of February. To try to hide the bleakness of February, man invented Valentine's Day and also Mardi Gras. But then February answered back with another holiday, Ash Wednesday. What other month could host a holiday that's designed to remind us that we're all going to die? That's February for you, It is bleak, it is honest, and it just tells you the way it really is. My father used to have a saying that if you can live through February, you'll live another year. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen.
3: (laughs) I gotta say, that really got me hooked on Kevin Killeen. I thought, oh man, he's the greatest, isn't he? His commentaries, he really is. He's one of my favorite people in all of St. Louis, and it's such a joy and i'm lucky that i get the opportunity to call him a colleague and a friend so that's kevin clean's whole nother story now he recorded an update to that which i think i'll have the opportunity to play later tonight and i think you'll enjoy it an update to the february whole nother story and i'm i'm looking forward to the sequel myself in a few moments i wanted to talk about operation safe pump in chicago and just how bad things are getting in Chicago right now. It's bad here in St. Louis. It's really bad in I mean, really bad in Chicago right now. And I want to talk more about that carjacker story where a one-year-old was thrown from the car. Ugh, all of these things. And our friend Shane Hewitt from the shift up in Canada. We check up with him once a week, and it's on Sundays. That's coming up a little bit later on Overnight America KMOX.
0: Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored
3: by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back. It's Overnight America. Oh, our connection with Canada is going to be fun tonight. We're going to talk about GameStop, how Canadians invest their money in different markets, cryptocurrencies, uh, what they think about all of this. Oh, boy, this will be fun tonight with Shane Hewitt in about uh, 15 minutes right now, a little less even. So a couple of stories I wanted to get to. And I saw this one story over on uh, KSDK's website. Carjacker throws one-year-old boy from car early Sunday morning. First thing that came to mind. Uh, so it was a 22-year-old woman. And she was in the car with men, uh, see, two men in her 20s. And her one-year-old son. It's, th- what, 3 in the morning, 3 a.m., St. Louis Avenue, Kings Highway. And 3 a.m., you're out with your one-year-old? I thought, oh, this, just, this is weird. That's not a time to have your kid out, right? And this poor one-year-old trying to sleep or whatever in the back of the car. So she's driving, goes to a red light, and then all of a sudden, these guys with guns pull up and run to her and say, get out of the car. And they're scared for their lives. They're armed. They have guns. The the men get out. She gets out. The other guys hop in because they're jacking the car. And the one-year-old's still in the back. The three suspects started to leave, and the woman begged for her son. One of the suspects inside grabbed the boy by his coat and tossed him out of the car towards his mother. You know what else that tells me? Uh, and again, I maybe it's in poor taste to try to uh, point this out, but if, if you're out at 3 a.m. and a carjacker can toss the kid out, the kid probably wasn't in a car seat, then, was he? Because unless you unless you know what you're doing, you can't just pull someone out. I, I know this from experience. Whenever you put a kid into a car seat, especially when they're one year old and they're in that type of car seat, that's like you're buckling into a bomber, like an F-12 bomber or something, or a fighter jet. I mean, they that's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of things you got to do to get these things going. Um, it also makes me wonder if that side of it too. But I'm glad the kid's all right, that you're happy to report. No one was seriously hurt. Now they're looking for the suspects. But, man, it's the old Jim Rome thing. Nothing ever good happens after midnight. Seriously. And look at that. Here we are after midnight, and I'm doing a radio show. Nothing. I stand by that statement. Nothing ever good happens after midnight, including this show. Uh, Operation Safe. Pump is a Chicago initiative that some aldermen up there are trying to put together in order to put safe spaces at gas pumps. Why? Because of carjackings are spiking, just like it is here in St. Louis. We went through that large uh, time when there was a lot of uh, carjackings. So what they're looking for is an opportunity for you to fill up your car without the threat of getting carjacked. How bad is it where your elected officials have to get involved in order to protect you from filling up your vehicle? Terrible. I know it scares me. I mean, even here in St. Louis, I have to every night when I leave the radio station and given it's been a while because of working from home, but every night when I would leave the radio station, I would think, am I going to have to hit someone with my car if they try to approach me tonight? Am I going to have to try to drive away while someone shoots at me? I'm not kidding. I have to wonder that every single night I leave. It's a scary thought how dangerous St. Louis is anymore. Now, Chicago is even worse, (laughs) even worse. And since they started setting these things up, they wanted to set up times where people can fill up and it's guarded. Oh my goodness, you gotta be kidding. So the Citgo station that they're talking about in at least this one Chicago Tribune article on their website, open from 11 a.m. to noon as a morning option. Shell has six to 7 p.m. as an evening option. They're hoping other gas stations could adopt this as well. The idea where they can provide a safe space to fill up because, quote, people are afraid to get gas no matter what time of day. What time it could be broad daylight and it's still a concern for some people. So on the website, they list a bunch of locations, the time that they offer it. Carjackings in Chicago rose one hundred and thirty five percent in twenty twenty. Uh, According to Tribune Review of Police Information, 2020 tally was the highest figure recorded since 2001. Chicago logged only slightly more than 1,422 carjackings, the city statistics show. That's more than three a day. Man, that is a high. Isn't that something? There is no rest for crime. Let's do a quick, I want to make sure I'm doing this, divided by... Three hundred and sixty-five. Because was the last year the leap year? Three hundred and sixty-six. Three point eight carjackings a day. Wow. I, I I just am flabbergasted by just how bad things are getting. Does it? Is it a surprise you? Does it really surprise you that when you're in these highly democratic grand cities where they treat criminals with a kids' gloves and they slap you on the back of the wrist for things like this, that it, for some reason it doesn't discourage people to commit the crime if they're going to do it anyway. They're thinking to themselves, no, I'll be out on the street at the end. Uh, my my friends will bail me out. Kamala Harris might come in and even bail me out if I say it was part of a riot. You know, it's, it's type of that type of thinking that these cities started to adopt. We need to make... Uh, chop zones in place for you to do what you want because you got to work out your anger. And you know, if we catch you uh, smashing a window or stealing something, you know, we're not going to arrest you. You know, you know, just you you got down the wrong track, and you'll 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 do fine. You'll do all right because even if the police do find up uh, end up arresting you, at least what we find here in St. Louis, you can go through a riot like we had here, and uh, maybe a, a riot's not the best word, but you know, smash and grab and burn and all of these things. No, you can do that police will arrest you, turn it over to the circuit attorney's office who says, ah, we're not going to prosecute. We don't, uh, we, don't, we got no, no time to deal with stuff like this. This is the type of garbage with, that it harbors this type of behavior and these type of people. And we really have to be careful when we take a soft touch to stuff like this. I wonder how many people were actually found in arrest. It's, it's a terrible time. No wonder. I might as well just start petitioning to work from home all the time. I'm just going to start putting bars up on the windows. Uh, I'm going to have to put giant guard towers out. Maybe I'll put a moat around my property just to make it fully safe to live here in St. Louis, alligators included. I mean, I'll have full blown. It'll look like Florida in here. I'll get palm trees and everything. People are really worried and rightfully so. When you hear stories like this in Chicago, you don't want it turning out, but then you think, well, it's already kind of like it here now. And if not, the fear is real. I don't think it's an irrational fear. It's not like we're living in Candyland anymore. When we come back, Shane Hewitt in the shift, he's up in Canada and we're going to connect our two stations and our two countries on Overnight America KMOX. <music> Huck in Chesterfield. He said, I think Kevin Killeen is KMOX's answer to Charles Osgood. I always loved his stories. Oh, that's a great way to look at it, actually. It is so good. So every Sunday we get a chance to hook up with our friends in Canada. It's called... The shift, the show that's on multiple stations up there. The host is Shane Hewitt. We hook up the United States and Canada, and what we do is like to talk about the issues in between, which is kind of nice. And we do it; we we try to sync it up right at the same time. So let's take a listen into and speed right now. Hello, Shane. Oh, there he is. <laughs> you ya? always
2: have that. You you always scare me for like half a second. I'm like, uh oh. Oh, those quick
3: delay where we try to figure it out. I know I totally understand because we have our latency between us and our studios and then our studios have latency. So there's always like a maybe a second and a half there, it seems like
2: just to get started. So we are broadcasting from so many different locations right now uh, in order to put this together. It really is a pretty cool testament to how technology is quite amazing Um, because you're still broadcasting from home, are you?
3: Yes, yes, I am. And it's almost like on those sci-fi movies where it shows how technology is like connecting things together. And it's like a giant spider web. That's, I mean, essentially what we're doing on Sunday nights.
2: Yeah, it is. It is like a spider web. It's kind of cool. How are things for you? You've settled into your new president and all the new things down in America. What's Yeah,
3: (laughs) We're 11 days in. Well, 12 days in now, I guess it's technically February here. Uh, so the further west you go, it'll soon to be February. But I think that there's been so many of these executive orders. People are overwhelmed with the amount of changes that have been circumventing the, um, the, the way how we normally do things. So that's concerning some people. Um, they're coming up to an impeachment trial which is in a week, so they're looking forward to that. They're still trying to figure out if there's going to be another stimulus package, even though they just passed one. So there's a lot of stuff on the burner right now that people are trying to pay attention to, but it was a nice distraction the last couple of days trying to look at the U.S. economy, the market, and GameStop.
2: (laughs) Oh, GameStop. Uh, Before you get there, though, I can tell you about stimulus packages. There have been stories that are starting to get revealed here about major, major companies taking stimulus dollars and still posting uh their uh, quarterly profits to their shareholders of staggering numbers far beyond what the stimulus that they took was um kind of like that first round of business loans that we saw down in the states where um where the it all kind of went to all the big companies and all the small businesses didn't really get their their moment at the trough and all that money it's nice to see that um that greed still is alive and well
3: Uh there are so many even like the Los Angeles Lakers, a professional basketball team was taking money. and you you're like, "You gotta be kidding me with something like that. So uh, when it came to those loans and the way that this unemployment works, so if you were out of a job, kind of like here in the United states, the there's there's a supplemental fund, so there's unemployment insurance, which is what you would get from the state. And then the feds would kick in extra. From the stimulus money to try to help supplement that during the time, so you kind of you got more money than you usually would, and that was basically up until the funds ran out. They were handing this stuff out. Is that how they did it in Canada, or did they put a time limit on how much of those special funds you can get as an individual?
2: There, were, there it was a bit of an onion. There was a, a few layers to it. Uh, employment Insurance (EI) here is a federal jurisdiction so that's federal funds so if you lose your job that is a federal burden so they take care of that on a federal level so um with some of the the bridge gaps were put in by the provinces until the federal stuff kicked in and then because the employment insurance system couldn't handle how many people were were losing their jobs or being you know um put on uh leave of absence and all those sort of things they created some new programs in order to just default you to no matter how much money you were making, everyone got defaulted to the same level of money, which was really great for somebody who might be get a bit of a bump, but really terrible for somebody who was making more money. Really amazing for some students that barely met the minimums, and now they're making – there were some reports of students that barely made more than $5,000 in the previous calendar year, which was the minimum, and they were all of a sudden getting $2,000 a month for doing nothing different. Wow. So um, it hasn't been – It hasn't been great from that perspective, but the reality is, you know, I don't know about your family, but my family and my friends, they've always sort of said, always have three months worth of bills, cash, just in case, right? Keep that kind of cash on hand. Pay your bills for three months in case you get hurt, you get sick, and something goes wrong and you can't get covered.
3: Yeah, that's like the Dave Ramsey way. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Ramsey way. That's,
2: you know, that's, that's a great way to look at it, right? And, um, and, but that ran out long ago and there was an awful lot of people that were still, you know, coming back to work and then, you know, put out again and things have come back and we, we've been through a couple of lockdowns in Canada. So things have changed so many times. Restaurant workers were back. Most restaurants and most places for in, in, um, house dining is, so incredibly limited or shut down completely in my province here. For example, um, there is no, there's only takeaway. There's no dining in restaurants at all. Hasn't been for two or three months. And uh, so those poor restaurants have been trying to make ends meet. So it's hard.
3: Yeah. And it's different laws and regulations. You can cross a county border. It's imaginary, but they can handle it two different ways. And I always wondered, I, I thought that I initially read that you were eligible for those benefits for like i don't know i forgot like three months but then after that you were no longer eligible but was it just indefinite for the canadians
2: yes and no they, they've started to shift gears back to the old system now with some new reinvention to the old system and mm. some of them ended some of them ended and changed some of the wage supplement there was a wage supplement if businesses could prove that they had lost a certain amount of income year over year month over month that then they could get a supplement so they could keep everybody earning a portion of their income without going into the employment insurance system. So some of them have ended, some of them have not. It's been ongoing for the most part, it's been rather stress free from what I've seen. I imagine there are many people out there that would disagree because their circumstances would be different, but there was some, there was some no questions asked time and some of them ended and some of them are still happening.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I wonder, too. So how does it work? Because, you know, we, we hear about the healthcare and everything's, you know, government runs. So you don't have to worry about it, you just walking into a hospital. But what happens when it comes to retirement? Are people individually funding retirement accounts or is that something that the government kicks in after a certain age? And I'm just kind of curious how Canadians fund retirement uh, accounts.
2: Yeah, we don't have a um, we don't have a 401k. I'm making air quotes. You should join our Zoom yeah. call, Ryan, by the way. When you do this, now that I say that, um oh, I make but we yeah we um we we so the, the, we have what the Canadian pension plan, which many people say by the time we retire will be broke. There's a lot of the provinces have been talking about taking on their own pension plans. so when you work in the time in that province, that province takes care of your your pension plan. So there is a little bit there, but it's not like it's an investment program. That really generates you a handsome way to retire. Not like you can get with good investing, you know, through your your investment advisor or your bank or whatever. Uh, not oh, like I a see. good four hundred one k can pay you out all kinds of money. But think of it as the most basic level of that, and it's it it's there. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't bet my future on relying. It's going to be there and paying me.
3: Yeah, and I here in the United States, they say the exact same thing. They call it Social Security. So you pay into it any oh, job. Okay. Constantly, And it sits there as in your own individual account. And then by the time your retirement age, you can pull from it. It also gives you opportunities for uh, Medicaid, which is the ability to get health care uh, through the government that way, too. Because you're no longer working, you know, because you're off of, you know, potentially you're off of what your employer would have been offering you when it came to healthcare. So there are those opportunities when you get old, but each person normally is encouraged to contribute to a 401k or some sort of retirement fund. Some people still have pensions. It's kind of a rare thing to see employers it's not really run by the government it's unless you have a government job but uh, normally employers would have that or unions or whatever would offer some sort of pension so there's all kinds of different layers on that one too it's not just all run through the government
2: yeah um yeah i mean if you want to make it amazing you have to do a little bit of learning and subscribe to the services of someone good and if you want to rely on the basics you can rely on the government so, but yes. stocks would be a big one, which to your next point about GameStop, you know, there's a lot of people made a lot of money on that. And yes, uh, Ryan had asked me a question on email that said, you know, do Canadians invest in the American stock market? And the answer to that is yes. My question to you, though, would be, do Americans invest in the Toronto Stock Exchange? Which
3: I doubt. You know, I didn't even know if there was such a thing. And I was curious because see, I don't see too much. I don't think I've ever watched any business news show and see them quote anything on a stock exchange. Outside of, you know, sometimes they'll do Tokyo, sometimes they'll look in London, so, you know, of course, here in the United States, but you don't ever see Toronto on that one. Yeah,
2: they're there. Bay Street in Toronto. Yeah, it's the same. Not as big, of course, because it's Canada, but it's the same. it's on, They call it Bay Street. It's Toronto. It's the, the Stock Exchange, much like New York Stock Exchange, Nikkei, London, so on.
3: Yeah, let me play to the stereotype for a moment, because when you go back and think yeah. about before it was all electronic, <laughs> you would have all the stockbrokers yeah. on the floor yelling and screaming trades to be executed. Was it much more polite during that time in Toronto where people like very nice to each other and there was no screaming on the stock floor?
2: So you're like you're saying like in America, it was like buy, sell, trade. And you're implying that yes. in Canada it was like, excuse me, sir, would you please buy me some? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. I thought it would be much more polite on the stock floor. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Thank you for the stocks. I appreciate you. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess we don't know what goes on inside there. I know that uh, money guys are pretty yelly, at least in the old days. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Oh, after you. No, 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 no. I insist. After you. Like, it's not a lot of that going (laughs) on in New York during any of those stock exchanges. But, you know, a lot of um, the retirement funds are normally tied up into investments, which is uh, stock heavy for a lot of ways. And here in the United States, we've done pretty well with ourselves in the stock market the last four years or so. And now people are wondering what's going on and then you add into the uncertainty when you add things like GameStop into the mix and how you can have these outside influences that mess with certain stocks and cryptocurrencies are starting to throw that in there too and the whole GameStop story is just so fascinating to me to see people being able to empower themselves in that sort of way I kind of like seeing it.
2: Well I I do I mean it's just like uh guys have been guys and gals have been shorting business and putting the squeeze on business forever. And some people say it's unfair, but the reality is you get in the public trade to make money or lose money. I mean, that's what businesses do. So shorting has been going on forever in stocks. And the one thing that I think the markets have never considered up till now is how massive the network could be because it was always gossip, right? It was like, hey, did you hear about this stock? Wink, wink, you know? And, mm-hmm not insider trading style, but everyone sort of trying to influence stocks. And the the reality is, is the network now is so much bigger. So if a bunch of people go get uh, active on a stock, it just changes. So that part is fine. I mean, unless they change the rules on networking and what you can put out in public, I think that that's just a beast that we have to deal with. The stinky part was, is when... Um, the Robinhood app shut down the individual traders and let the hedge funds still do work. That was the part that I think the story needs to be about is that piece of it, because that was dirty.
3: Yeah, manipulation in that sense, because they were forcing the hand. And, And this is a case where... Uh, Some people are reporting that they sold it on their behalf. They didn't approve these things. Some people stopped selling or they wouldn't allow them to sell the stock that they own through there. And that's very concerning because it's not uh, an issue where there's a technical glitch. They made that decision. They decided that was in the best interest. And I was listening to Kevin O'Leary, and I think he's a Canadian actually, but he's one of the guys on Shark Tank. Yeah. Mr. Wonderful. Not, he is, yep. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. And his point was he was he loves seeing this. He's like, I'm so glad that you're seeing more people get in in and invest. He's like, yeah. it's not it's not Robin Hood's or your job to stop me from making money or losing money. That's not your job to stop me from losing money. When you step right. in and, and you put that barrier up there, that's that's where it's gone wrong. And um, yeah. he's totally right on that.
2: I don't decide, not very often. I mean, <laughs> that guy, he's hard, but I, I absolutely agree with him. And yeah. the reality is, is that we're, these are supposed to be adults that are playing with adult money. And if they're, I mean, people have made the mistake of investing all of their money into something in the past. And I, the reality is, is that a free trading, no commission trading service is making money somehow and they're selling all of the data of behavior. To those big players. That's who's funding it, and that's who they protected. I think they drew their line in the sand, and I don't understand why any of the users would go back again. Uh, If you go back to that, I I, I don't understand. I would love to hear from you why you would go back to that, because I don't get it.
3: Yeah, they really messed up. In fact, they had a really good thing going. It's really hard to get into any marketplace and become popular when you're some sort of electronic or app or uh, tech company, and they did it. So, man, you break that barrier, and you really screwed up by doing that. Which reminds me, too, I was going to ask you about cryptocurrencies because that came up, too. People were investing in certain ones, and people are getting interested in that sort of thing. Have you ever dipped your toe or tried that?
2: No. I don't I mean I'm sure like it's great I know not enough about it other than to follow what it does but the reality for me is that you know if it doesn't exist it's not tangible and by the way if you lose your passcode you could lose all your money and it <laughs> yeah. seems like it's it seems like it's one drag and drop away from being somebody else's that to me seems so sketchy with no regulation on on something that is like money I that seems weird I, I I'm not one for the government's regulating things all the time but the reality is is that that would be one of those things that i don't think uh, you know in a world that's driven by commerce you cannot have regulation on on a
3: value yeah that's tough because a lot of the value is artificial some of which are actually backed by certain things The technology itself is the thing that's super intriguing about it because it's something that I think uh, banks and a lot of other big giant companies are starting to use on the background. You don't even, you know, it's funny, whoever you do banking with may even use this technology. You don't even know it. It's just something they're doing in the background. And sometimes it's backed by something else. I was talking to someone today Apparently, Australia has their own cryptocurrency, and if you acquire enough of it, you can actually redeem it for gold backed by the government. So some of them have like weird stories like that. There's applications and how they can be used. Uh, It's it's so strange to see how some are pumped, some are not. It does seem very artificial, but there's a lot of people buying into it right now. The idea of it is getting people excited.
2: It is, and I just think it's weird that if it's so secretive, how can I go to an ATM that says, uh, you know, crypto or what, a Bitcoin on it, and I can just withdraw money out of the Bitcoin. And, like, I don't understand it. Like, that makes no sense to me. If it's so secret, there's probably a camera in the machine, and it's got my PIN number, and somehow I can access my cryptocurrency. I don't know. It seems like smoke to me. Yeah,
3: it's – yeah, it does. It, I don't think it's smoke. It's just such a weird thing because it's such the wild, wild west right now. It's so it, because the whole idea of it's to be decentralized. It also means that there's no one that monitors it. So the the best thing governments do is just try to put safeguards in so you don't money launder through it. But otherwise, it's like you got to be in full control of what you're doing because um, you, I mean, you are in full control. Like you said, you forget a password you can lose everything it's not like there's anyone else that's looking over it for you
2: yeah i don't know i don't know maybe uh, give me the week i'll learn and i'll decide if i'll invest your life savings into it see how it goes
3: <laughs> and then i'll get back to you how's that sound yeah i'll take a pass on that but i do <laughs> thanks, want to try Ryan. it though i'm excited but thanks yeah. shane good to hear yeah oh there we go that is the shift and shane was saying goodbye right when he was waiting for me to say something. And those things happen sometimes when you have a quick delay. See, he was saying goodbye to me and I said something else. And he's probably holding on. And uh, one of those awkward moments. You ever get in those conversation moments with other people and you start to do this little weird dance where you don't know who's supposed to talk? Ah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of like that. It's, uh, it, you know what that felt like? That felt like speed dating for a moment as fast <laughs> as we were going back and forth. I learned a lot from Shane and that's what we do on Sunday nights. The Shift, you can listen to him on the chorus radio stations that cover him, and they're all across Canada, and, of course, the KMOX signal reaching so many states, 35-plus states. It's so great that we connect these two countries, and I love hearing about how things are done differently, and I'm sure he loves prodding us and the things that we do here. This is Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Overnight America is live for another hour or so. And I wanted to play for you just a couple of other things. I was mentioning Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, Who's on Shark Tank. See, I tend to like Kevin O'Leary. It sounds like Shane is annoyed by Kevin O'Leary. I don't really watch Shark Tank all that much. My wife will turn it on. I mean, just once in a while when there's nothing else. That's basically her, I'm going to fold some laundry type of show. You know, it's on in the background. You can keep your eyes off of it, but still get the gist of it. And then when it sounds like there's something exciting, you can look up just for the good parts. That's Shark Tank. I've actually interviewed. Kevin O'Leary once. Um, it's been a long time since I've done it, but that show it's a, uh, you really forget when that show went on. let's see Shark Tank TV. Let's see if that's uh, 2009 so it's been on 11 years, 12 years almost. man that's something else. Well Kevin O'Leary is exactly right when it comes to the problems with Robin Hood and what we're doing to investors when you make it so they can't trade when you're on an app that's meant specifically for trading and it's set up for that. Listen to this. It's not simply about an individual
1: company or an individual issue. It's about the honesty of the marketplace and the reliability of the marketplace and the danger a defective and dishonest marketplace has to our economy. What do you think, Kevin?
0: I don't agree with any of that. The truth (laughs) is the market has always been a speculative place. (laughs) No, but I, I think you have to hear the other side of this, Bill, because at the end of the day, there's some very powerful forces in play here that are actually good So let me take a shot at it. The definition of the market is speculation. When you buy and stay long a stock, you're speculating the profits you hope are going to come finally appear, and you take that risk. The best thing we could do for this market now is leave it alone and just shine the light of transparency on it. If you are short, let it be transparent. You now run a new risk that these effective social media vigilantes are going to come after you and squeeze you as a short, that's going to make a lot of hedge funds think a second time before they try and go short stocks, which I think is great. But here's the point that I think everybody is missing. Four or five years ago, we had 100 million Americans with nothing set aside for their retirements. We still do. And that's because our educational system, including the one in Massachusetts where I had my kids... And they grew up in best schools in the world, I would argue. They taught them nothing about investing. And then along comes a platform like Robinhood. And all of a sudden, kids in their 20s and 30s that would never get touched by Money Center Bank or an online broker because they're not a profitable account. They only have a few hundred dollars to invest. Vlad and his team create this platform and now have millions, millions of people learning about the ways of the market and the market even for sophisticated investors. They're learning investors. by losing, though. They're learning by losing. Every uh, investor loses them. money, Bill. Every loser. Everyone uh, learns think we from should. the market. I don't think we So you're going to protect me from losing investment money? Investment Are you kidding?
3: So you're going to protect me from losing money? Are you kidding? He is so right about that. 100% right about that. I think that the amount of interest that, you're starting to find because it becomes cool, like Bitcoin, for example, people at a young age start to learn about these things. Kind of like when I was younger, learning about the Internet. I I didn't grow up in a household with the Internet. It came when I was a little bit older. And then eventually uh, through high school, uh, I had the Internet and it started to be used in different ways. It used to be difficult to find websites and you had to learn things Not organically, and your friends had to turn you on to certain things like, oh, check out this website. Oh, this is funny. Check this out. Videos were almost non-existent, and eventually you start to learn more about these things, and the culture becomes a part of it. If we're teaching kids that the culture is you can invest, even if it's $100, even if it's $50, you can do this. Or people online, it's becoming like a meme or a funny thing to buy GameStop in order to try to just do this. You know, it, people are doing it. You know, at a time when it was $20 a share, people were buying into it, 50 or whatever it is. And it was becoming a thing. And they're learning about investing that way. You know, the, the, the kids, the ones that are getting into it, they're not putting 10, 20, 50, 100 grand into this. They're putting a little bit at a time and it's helping them learn. If they lose $50, bucks, 100 bucks, it's not gonna be the worst thing in the world for them the knowledge and things that they'll gain. I'm with Mr. Wonderful there. He's 100% right. Right. This is Overnight America, KMOX.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.